on today's show. Who's working out for the Mavs right now? Who should the Mavs take in the draft? We have the draft expert himself, Rafael Barlow, on the show to talk about that. And then later, we will profile Ishmael Kamagate. Is he the center the Mavs should take in the draft? Talk about all that and more on today's Locked on Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Locked on Mavericks Podcast. believe you shouldn't be here and welcome you are locked on to the dallas mavericks my name is nick engstead media member and nba channel manager for the locked on podcast network thanks for making locked on mavs your first listen every day we are free and available on all platforms including youtube but the best way you can help us grow is to comment anything below let us know Who do you want the Mavs to take in the NBA draft? It's time. It's time to decide. We've done a bunch of profiles. we got Rafael here. He's going to be answering the questions. Who do you want them to take? Joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor, writer at Mavs.com, the draft dude, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? I'm just hyped that we have Rafael here. He's the man. I I feel like his pod's been the pod I've been listening to the most over the past few weeks and, and you're not blowing smoke like literally literally once a day isaac will come and be like rafael said this on his show today like i, I gotta I, we gotta talk about this like i don't know what i think about this <laughs> i don't oh, listen wow. to many locked on shows now uh, <laughs> but i do listen to come rafael on. Come on. <laughs> i don't listen to many podcasts as, as much as i used to but i, I do listen to <laughs> rafael's he's literally one of the best in the business i've said this on the pod before but one of my favorite things to do is when i see rafael in the press box at the mavs I'm like, hey, where have you been? And he's like, I've been to Italy, Paris, you know, these different <laughs> places. And uh, he literally travels the globe and sees players. So thanks for hopping on, joining us. Are you ready for this to be over? Or are you just like, hey, no, this is Christmas. Well, I, now I have to live up to that crazy introduction. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually kind of looking forward to looking at the 2023 draft i feel like i've spent so much time in the 2022 draft i started covering it or studying for it back in july so it's it's almost a full year and and i'm just looking forward to draft day that's like my favorite holiday and uh but i think it's going to be a very interesting draft night it's a good day. You'll have us covered all over at Locked On NBA Big Board, the podcast, the YouTube channel, all that. Also, the NBA Big Board, the newsletter, obviously, that Chad Ford handed down to you. You are anointed as the next guy. Chad Ford gave that newsletter to you. You should go subscribe to that. And uh, let's just start right away. Who do we know of that the Mavs have worked out? Because we haven't really, we don't usually hear of the Mavs working out draft prospects. It's something that they keep really tight and tight lipped. There are teams like the Lakers and other teams that will like do interviews on their YouTube channel with these prospects and show them off and do this whole thing and this song and dance. The Mavs usually don't release any of this information. Uh, And I wondered if that was going to be the case still with Nico Harrison, this new regime in here. Uh, But Rafael, who do we know that has worked out for the Mavs so far? Yeah. To, to, to uh, piggyback what you were saying, like Charlotte, they have a whole Instagram page of all their guys (laughs) working out. I think the Pacers do too. Yeah. And it's it's very interesting how every team does something a little different. Some teams don't leak any information. And now that you've mentioned it, the Mavs haven't been a team that you see a lot of info regarding who they worked out. I have heard that they've worked out Ishmael Kamagate, who I am pretty high on, Christian Coloco, uh, another center from Arizona, 
and then Musa Diabate from Michigan. So those are the only three that I've heard that they worked out. Somebody had mentioned some other guys, but when I talked to um, a, a person on the staff, he had mentioned that they didn't start their workouts until last week. So some of the other rumors that guys had been working out for them earlier in the month, I, it seems like that was that was false information. Hmm. Yeah, because, you know, I think um, was a Hugo. Um, I think it was a song. Yeah, so um, <laughs> you know the name better than me. You got you got to add the French because <laughs> I was calling him Besson, but then um, you know he was working out. He's doing his pre-draft stuff here in Dallas, and it's like it's like Ugo Besson. Oh, Ugo. Uh, but no, I think he has the same. Uh, he he has uh, you know Enjai here in here in Dallas, yeah. similar yeah. agent or same agent as uh, Kamagate, uh, same agent as Nick Batum. A lot of French guys, Wimbignana, Rudy Gobert, and. Uh, I know we'll talk some about Kamagate and stuff, but a lot of a lot of Mavs connections with uh, yep. with Injai, which I think you know personally. I think, right? yeah, yeah, I know Buna pretty yeah. well, and it's yeah. funny because Buna's first client was DJ Banga. <laughs> so, wow, back in the throwback, day. yeah, yeah, and yeah. he had um, uh, Mahimi also. So yep. Yep. he has very strong ties hold to on, the Mavs organization. NBA champion Jan Mahimi. Okay, let's NBA put NBA champion let's Jan put Mahimi. <laughs> But he, left he's, and got paid. He's just sitting back <laughs> waiting for Victor Wimbignana. But it's uh, along those routes. Let me just ask you this. So Jake Fisher, ble- you know, the, a few days ago, Bleach Report had the report that, hey, Dallas could be one of these teams that could be looking to take a guy to draft and stash. If if Dallas goes that route, is is Kamagate one of those guys that could be a draft and stash? If not, who's another one of those names in that range that could be a draft and stash type of guy? Yeah, I don't think I don't think Kamagate would want to be stashed. I think he's ready to come over here. And I think that would have to be something probably negotiated. Um I mean, it's interesting that that he mentioned the Mavs are a team now a draft and stash a guy. I, I think Dallas could find some guys in this range, in the range that they're in that should be able to come in and contribute. So yeah. I find that pretty interesting. As far as draft and stash guys, it could be somebody like a guy named Yannick Sosa, who a lot of people thought was a top five pick coming into the season, but he had a absolutely horrible year. Um, the details around it are pretty limited. I think he had an injury starting the season. It didn't sound like it was a major injury. Maybe it was like a growing injury or something like that. Got off to a really slow start. Didn't progress like people thought. So he could be somebody that they say, all right, well, he was thought to have top 10 potential. He's not ready yet. We can draft him in the first round, which is higher than I expect him to go right now. Maybe stash him and develop him, then have him come along later on. Um, that's probably the first name that comes to mind. And then, um, I mean, I'm, I'm just assuming that they're going to look to address their need for like a athletic rim protector, vertical lob threat. And yeah. those are the, that's one of the first names that comes to mind. Let's get into some of those vertical lob threat, the bigs, you know, the centers around where the Mavs are going to pick. If they just keep this pick at 26 and they make a selection are to me, at least Coloco and Kamagate, the two guys that you've, that you mentioned the Mavs have worked out. And then Walker Kessler is the other guy I've seen in that 26 range. What do you think about those centers? And is there anybody else that the Mavericks would consider in that spot? If they were going to go center, how long did it take you to get Walker Kessler, right? And not call him Kessler Walker. <laughs> Or Kessler Edwards, or like just to <laughs> confuse his name. I, I mess it up every time. <laughs> and uh, but no, I, I think if it were up to me, which is totally not, I would go with Kamagate first. 
I just love the energy that he brings. He's someone that runs the floor hard every possession. He's a late bloomer. I kind of have a a soft spot for late bloomers in a sense because they uh, they usually kind of have like this chip on their shoulder. And when I had spoke to him a few months back, I had mentioned to him that during 2019, I went to this under 18 national team and he was on the French under 18 team, but he didn't play. And here it is three years later, he's a potential first round pick. And it's just a testament to the work that he's put in. He's been working out with Gobert. And I think, and I had mentioned it to you offline, I think he could have a similar development as Clint Capella. Capella was a late first round pick. He did an interview with you and compared himself to Capella. It was like the big thing that he was like, I want to be Clint Capella. And um, they, uh, Capella was a Buna Njai client before. So, Buna played a role in, in the development. Capella was a, a late bloomer. And if you remember, he spent the entire first year in the G League. And then Houston brought him up in the playoffs as Dwight Howard's backup. And then I think the next year he was a starting center. And then even if you look at Rudy, I mean, that would be best best case scenario, Rudy Gobert. But Gobert spent his first year playing for the Bakersfield Jam. So Buna does have an eye for talent and developing some of these bigs and and they've all kind of maximized their draft potential or draft spot. So I think uh, Kamagate could be next in line. What's the, so Kamagate, we're going to do our draft profile about him at the end of this episode, but the difference between the league that he was in last year and the league that he's in this year, like what, and, and the step up to what the college game is and what the NBA level is like, what do you think is the, how would you compare those to kind of see how he's played? It It's a big jump, but the French league is, I would say the most athletic league outside of, excuse me, the NBA and the G League. So I think, of course, there's a huge jump in athleticism from any league to the NBA. But I don't think that it will be that much of a problem. And he played with uh, played with a few NBA guys like Kylo Quinn was one of his teammates there. Oh, yeah. Um, But he's had a lot of experience. I shouldn't say a lot of experience, but he's had over the past couple of summers experience playing with the French national team, which I mean, all of those guys are NBA guys from Nilakina to to Evan Fournier to Gobert. So I think they've kind of been, you know, prepping him for the big jump. Um, But either way, I mean, whether you're college, G League, Euro League, you can't duplicate NBA athleticism. Yeah, in- interesting stuff from about Kamagate. I- I'm really interested to-, to walk through some of the stuff from him and see if he ends up being a Mavs pick. Um, Coloco is a guy we've talked about before. Coming up, let's get into a couple of these wings. There are a bunch of wings in the range of where the Mavs are. What does uh, Rafael think about these wings? We'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. It's simple and easy to use. You pick two to five players. It's an over under on their projections. You can win up to ten times on any entry. It's just you versus the projected numbers. You can make an entry in like sixty seconds or less. All you have to do is head to PrizePicks.com. You can pick the over under. Let's say you think Steph Curry is going to score over 30 points. Their over-under is 30, maybe it's 31 and a half. You pick the over, then you can pick the over-under on somebody else for rebounds, Draymond Green for assists. You can pick over-under for Jason Tatum on points, all kinds of stuff. Put it in 
the prize picks, and then you can win money. So you can put down 20 bucks, you can win down, win 100 bucks. They have all kinds of multipliers and different things. Go check it out. Try Try it before you uh, you submit your entry. But for right now, PrizePix is an exclusive no-brainer of an offer for all of our users. They will get $50 for free if a player in your first PrizePix entry scores a single point. Use the promo code NBA. It's available for you. Use the promo code NBA. If your player in your first PrizePix entry scores a single point, you win $50. Bucks. Check it out, prizepix.com. The Ultimate Mock Draft starts June 18th. Raphael and I spent a couple hours together recording it, going over all the picks. Isaac and I made a pick in the Ultimate Mock Draft, and we traded up. And I'll give you a spoiler, a little bit, or a little bit of a tease. Raphael loved our pick. Loved our pick in the Ultimate Mock Draft. Check it out wherever you get your podcast. The Ultimate Mock Draft starting on June 16th. All right, Isaac Harris, we are here with Raphael Barlow from NBA Big Board. And we're talking about the Mavs and the draft. And right now we, we're talking about some of the bigs. Now let's get into some of those wings in the draft. Raphael, if the Mavs take a wing, who do you think it should be? And who are the guys in that range that you think they should be looking at? You know, that's a tough question because in, in my opinion, once you get from 15 through 35, I don't think that there's that much of a difference between those guys. So it could be a wing that go 17 then it wouldn't shock me if the same guy goes at 34 i wouldn't be shocked either some of the wings that could be available you know maybe it's somebody like bryce mcgowan's from the university of nebraska i think he's more of an upside guy i don't know how much he'd be able to come in and contribute right away as far as guys that could just possibly come in and fill out a role which the mavs need shooting or i mean every team needs shooting maybe christian brown Maybe not the sexiest pick, but he does have a role as a an athlete that can knock down open shots. Man, it's really tough because there's such a wide range of guys that that you know could be in that range. For example, Ochai Agbaje. Some people think he's a lottery pick. I think he could end up in the lottery, but if he falls, and this is probably a name that Mavs fans probably don't want to hear about, but if he falls, he could end up being like Desmond Bain. <laughs> so uh, there are some similarities as far as four-year guys that shot over 40% from three, and it was kind of held against Bain because he was an older prospect. And, you know, there were rumors saying that teams didn't like him because he had short arms or whatever. But if <laughs> I think if Akbaji <laughs> falls, I don't think the Mavs will make the same mistake twice. <laughs> um. So, Jake Laravia, when it comes to wings in this range, you, I watched the set down, you went and watched him, watched him work out, spent time with him. You know, when we're talking about, I mean, he's a bigger wing, what, 6'8", maybe 6'9", yeah. shoot the lights out, went to the combine, shut it down pretty early at the combine after he did some drills and stuff. But I've heard you talk about him on your podcast. What, what What's your thoughts on him for Mavs fans for a fit in Dallas? I like that. I think he's more so of a four than a wing, but he's someone that can shoot the ball well. I, I've mentioned it on the podcast that if he would have shot more threes or shot in volume, he'd probably be more highly regarded. Only took about two a game, but shot 38%. Um, he used to be a point guard in high school, so he does have some skills, maybe not necessarily as like a secondary ball handler, but just the passing instincts and being able to make plays for others. And he's a much better defender than people give him credit for. And I know he tested in like the top five and like the shuttle run, which is kind of a way to 
I guess, uh, assess how well guys move their feet. I would love that fit for Dallas because I think that he gives them another passer, another shooter, and just someone that is a, a connector. Could you could you make me feel like good just for a second of saying that Tari Eason could possibly drop? Can you just give my like give my hopes up? <laughs> this like, guy would that would that be like getting my hopes up, or should I just go ahead and just not even think about it? No, nah, I, I would consider it. I don't know if he falls that far, but like I said, there's such a don't do it to me, Rob. There's such a a thin line between 15 through 35. Somebody's gonna fall, right? And that was yeah. the thing that I realized at the at the combine. Like 40 out of my top 60 players didn't even play a game at the combine. So that means there's 40 guys that their agents have told them you don't need to do the combine you're going to be a first round pick so wow. um i do think that one of these wings that that you may like is going to really fall whether it's tari eason whether it's malachi branham it could be Agbaji, it could be even someone like Jaden harding someone is going to to be available because i mean i just don't think that there's like i said a, a huge difference between 15 and 35 now, hold on he said you said a wing that will like will drop so i don't know if Jaden Jaden. Jaden Hardy <laughs> matches the wings that we like. <laughs> I, nah, I think that is probably the best possibility of dropping, to be honest with you. Really? Well, what's your, from a Dallas angle, what's the, the G League guys, Bochamp, Jaden Hardy, do you see which one if you said, hey, I would rather have this guy in Dallas if you had to pick between the two? I would go with Hardy simply because he has the shot creation that you like. Um, he's the one that if he didn't play for the G League this year and if he took the shade and sharp route, he would have been a top 10 pick. Some people thought he was a top five guy coming That's into crazy. the season. And uh, the he was compared to like Jalen Green, not the same level as athlete, but a dynamic scorer who they thought could possibly play some lead ball handler role or show some point guard skills. And then Dyson Daniels just kind of took over as their primary ball handler and he didn't really get the opportunity to then he struggled with efficiency but he is a guy that can create his own shot he can get hot in a hurry and he was their leading scorer for the g league which is a professional team so he could fall and i think that would be i think that would be a good pick for dallas which players do you think are the best fit for the mavs it, just in that general range of like, I don't know, 20 to 30, if you, you those guys that you're putting on your big board and you say, this is a really good fit for the Mavs. So I, I would go with Kamagate first. I think he provides hmm. the, you know, the athletic rim runner, vertical lob threat. I think he could be an upgrade over, over Powell, who a lot of people seem to just kind of, <laughs> you know, I've sat at the games and I've heard the groans every time he touches the ball. But I mean, I when, Kamen... when we do three three playoff rounds in a row, where you know what, guys, it's just not Dwight's series. Like it's just it's not. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think Kamagate could be an upgrade. I like I like the Laravia fit there. Um, Hardy. I mean, a lot of guys that we mentioned. I would say my sleeper would be Coloco, which I mentioned someone mm. that they, they worked out a little thin. But is a was a great rim protector in college, and the skill set that he's been able to showcase since he left is outside shooting. Shot the ball well at the combine, and if he becomes like this vertical lob threat, rim runner slash rim protector slash pick and pop guy, 
then he would have some some value, especially playing with someone like Luca. Mm. That's good. We got we got time for any more? Yeah, on give, this give, one. Yeah, give another one. Okay, so we're talking about Jaden Hardy, and one of one of my things I've kind of bigger storylines I've been throwing out about this draft is like some of these bigger swings, like these big question marks of Shaden Sharp, Jaden Hardy, Bochamp, kind of in a way. Um, but Pat Baldwin, how far does he? How far does he drop? What? I mean, we we just we did a little profile on him a few days ago. We did his whole background story of top five recruit, and then his whole past year of you know playing for his dad and getting hurt and just all, everything. How far does he drop? He met with the Mavs at the combine. Like, is he a Mavs fit at all? What What are you even thinking slash hearing about Baldwin? Well, I'm probably very biased when it comes to this, right? And so I'm going to come off as a hater. But I tell people, if his name was Pat Banneker, and we didn't know anything (laughs) about his resume from when he was a junior in high school, would we be talking about him as a potential draft pick? He tested bad at the combine. He had like one of the lowest vertical leaps or, I mean, it was just like It looked like a clerical error. Like he had a worse vertical than Drew Timmy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so the skill set that he's supposed to be able to hang his hat on is this outside shooting. And he did not shoot the ball well at Wisconsin, Milwaukee, or you know, Milwaukee, whatever. <laughs> and when is the last time we've seen a guy that was drafted from a mid-major that did not like dominate the conference? Yeah. And so I feel like he has been given, I mean, he's dealt with some injuries, which is another topic. So I feel like he's been given a pass because he was so highly regarded coming out of high school, but he missed the majority of his senior year with an injury. And I think he played 11 games this year. So you're really talking about two back-to-back seasons where he hasn't been healthy. So that alone is, is an issue to me because of the injuries, but I just haven't seen him as this knockdown shooter that he was described as. I mean, even at the under-19s last year, he didn't shoot the ball well, didn't shoot the ball well in college. So that's why I made the comment. If his name was Pat Banneker, and if we had no idea (laughs) of the high school resume, we would not even be talking about him right now. So that scares me. It's fascinating. Uh, We'll bring Rafael Barlow back tomorrow for a couple more questions. Ton of more stuff on the draft coming up. Is Ishmael Kamigate? Rafael was raving about him. Thinks he's he's a really interesting prospect for the Mavs. He worked out for the Mavs. Is he the center that the Mavs could take at twenty six? Talk about that coming up. But before you do that, let me tell you about Bet Online, the fastest, best way to check out all the odds and lines and props and spreads in sport. They have the first five picks. For the NBA draft, they have those odds available right now. Jabari Smith Jr., minus 195 to be the number one pick. Chet Holmgren, plus 125. Paolo Mancaro, plus 900 to be the number one pick. Let's go all the way to the fifth pick because that one's interesting to me. Keegan Murray, minus 125 to go number five overall. Shaden Sharp, plus 225. Then Jaden Ivey, plus 350. They think he's going to be gone already. Dyson Daniels, Benedict Matherin are the, the, uh, the five that you can get odds on for the number five pick to go to the Pistons. Interesting. They have baseball odds. They have WNBA odds. They have other kind of NBA odds for the finals. Check them all out. It's bet online. It's where the game starts. All right, Isaac Harris. We're continuing our draft profiles with Ishmael Kamagate. We know that the Mavericks have 
worked him out. They brought him in for a workout. They didn't start their workouts until like last week. It was really late. They started these draft workouts, or at least it seemed late to us. And they, but Ishmael Kamagate was one of those. He's 6'11, 230 pounds. He has a reported 7'3 wingspan. He's going to be 21 and a half years old at the time of the draft. He's been playing in France for Paris over the last couple of years. The one sentence description from uh, NBA.com is he's a lanky, late blooming center with a massive reach, good leaping ability, and some budding scoring ability who merge as more of a factor this season than last season, despite Paris's promotion to the French first division. Isaac Harris, what are your thoughts on Ishmael Kamagate? I like him a lot. Um, I just got around to watching uh, a lot of tape on him, uh, film stuff, reading more about him. Um, you know, he, he was a soccer player too, you know, growing up, um, born in France. And you can tell. Yeah. Yeah. And he, uh, started playing basketball when he was 13, uh, was reading the story on him that his mother and, and his doctor advised him (laughs) to switch to (laughs) basketball. Hey, uh, there's this Uh, sport. Do you know about it? (laughs) Uh, and this ball and you throw it in this basket. Yeah. And, and it's just, you know, he, he's such a fascinating you know prospect because, you know, he's 21. He thought about coming into the draft last year. Uh, he did this, uh, a great one-on-one interview at basketballnews.com and recently and just talked about why he didn't come out of the draft last year. He wanted to do some more work, but it's one of those things where there are a lot of good questions of that, of like who he compares this game to and how he watches you know, Durant, he liked OKC up until Durant left and he watches Embiid and Giannis. He watches these guys, but I thought it was also unique too, because he didn't say that he like his game resembles those guys. We see that all yeah. the time. Like, oh yeah, I watch these guys and I think I, I'll be Durant. No, he went with Bam and he said he, he he thinks his game can resemble Bam and I actually really, really like that. Um, but, you know, Kamagate, as we say, he's a, a French guy who... His agent, Buna Njai, is, you know, a guy has connections to, you know, the Mavs. He's a Dallas guy, Dallas agent, uh, Dallas-based agent. Um, you know, Rudy Gobert, a lot of the French guys Nick are, you know, Yeah, Nick Batum, um, you know, Victor Wimbignano is coming up uh, soon. It's through Buna. So, Kamagate, you know, that's the obvious connection to Dallas is through him. But, you know, another connection to Dallas, though, he worked out with Holger. Oh, he worked out with with Holger Kamagate did. So Shut it down! I just I really like him as a prospect. And just the more I watched him, the more I liked him. And then I was like, all right, I was comparing him against some other bigs in this range that we've talked about. And I think I'm comfortable saying that of all the bigs in that range, I would want him. I want him over Coloco. I want him over even my guy, Jalen Williams at Arkansas. I like him a lot. You guys know that. Um, yeah, I like Kamagate a lot. The thing about him is he's got the impressive frame, right? Just about seven feet, seven, three wingspan. But he's got good mobility. Like you said, he, he grew up playing soccer. He's got good mobility. He's, he's, he's quick on his feet around the rim. He just flies up. I mean, I, you watch any highlight of him, and it's just so yeah. many of these alley-oop dunks that he can just catch from anywhere. If you just imagine him playing with Luka, you're just like, oh, he's going to catch that. He's going to catch that. He's going to catch that. Like, there's going to be so many lobs for him. Uh, flash some passing ability, and he's got a little potential as a mid-range shooter, right? Like, there's just a little bit there. It's not ugly. Like, and it's his, not. It's it, The form is there. I actually like the form and a lot. He did an interview with with Rafael Barlow of when he on his NBA draft junkies YouTube channel. And he went over there. He was, he was in France and he talked to him and he said, you know, I want to show that I have a jump shot and I'm, 
you know, I have I have the two point shot. I'm working on my threes, but I have a two point shot, and it's like that guy's gonna be 21, like at the, the start of the season. It's yeah. not out of range that in like three or four years he's stepping out and hitting threes from distance. And so all of a sudden you're talking about a guy with this incredible frame that can defend the rim pretty well and can step out and possibly hit a shot. Now that's theoretical. That's not like that's not realized yeah, right the shot's now. Theoretical, yeah. Yeah, the shot is theoretical, but all that other stuff. I mean, he's right there. The weaknesses, he's still kind of learning. He like had this progression up in the French league that um he like jumped from one league to another, but he he did pretty well when he when he had to jump up and we had to go up to that that next um stage. But he's still learning. Obviously, you're not going to he's not going to post up for you. He's not going to he's not going to go get you a bucket. He's got a couple of like, you know, hook shots and things around the the in the post, but he's not going to go get you a bucket down there. He's not like I wouldn't say he's the incredible like insane rim protector at this point. He's good. Yeah, he's got length though. He's got length and the the feet and all that is incredible, but I wouldn't put him up there with like he's going to be elite from day 1, right? Which is just kind of hard he's to do. He's not Rudy in the Gobert, NBA. but like he no. can defend the paint. Right. For sure. Yeah. Absolutely. And and when it comes to shots around the basket, like that's the thing like nba.com their, you know, profile of him, it says you know, 1.42 points per shot around the rim in the half court. That's in the 90th percentile. He ranked among the international leaders in dunks, displaying a huge catch radius. Like this is you're you're defining the type of center that would excel next to Luka Doncic. And one that you added the bullpen, right? This is what we've been talking about is they need yeah. to add another guy. They need to add a guy that can pick and roll and can finish around the rim like Dwight kind of does, but also can defend the rim and can step out in space a little bit. Now he's not going to, defend guards at like an elite level, but he can step out in space and his feet are good enough that he's going to move and he's not going to be played off the floor super fast. Right. We're not talking about like Walker Kessler. <laughs> we're not talking about like <laughs> a big, like that. the Mavs are going to take Kessler. And we're, we're I know. Gonna and we're going to have to bring Richard back up Mavs draft on, and we're just going to have to eat the, eat all the words we said, but, but to, to talk about him, like switching on the perimeter, I literally went to synergy and just watched all of this isolation, isolation possessions. And I was like, all right, I just want to see how you how you do on the switches. His his defensive stance is what is really impressive. This dude gets we're getting really kind of technical here, but like he gets so low in his defensive stance for a seven you know footer that it's like that's what's really impressive. That a lot of times you see a guy you know seven footers, paint protectors, they're kind of, they're not like fully lean, but he is so engaged. His knees are bent so much that he is kind of lighter on his feet. I mean, obviously there's some smaller guys who are going to get to the rim past him. But he can switch, and it's not like lockdown, but he's not getting ran past either. I, I was impressed by it. Availability. Rafael had him on his big board at 21. That's the highest that I've seen from anybody. The ringer had him out of the top 38. Like The ringer's big board only goes to 38 this year, and they, he didn't have him in the big board at all. Uh, ESPN mocked him at 40, and The Athletic mocked him at 45. So he's probably going to be there for the Mavs. And yeah. you know that, that this is a definite... Um, player that you could say, hey, this this guy will probably be available for the Mavs there. Uh, if you talk about his NBA comp, you mentioned in that in that interview with Rafael that he did, uh, Clint Capella is a guy that he models his game after. Rafael even, I think, mentioned that either in this episode or tomorrow's episode about how he models his game after Clint Capella, thinks he can have that same kind of trajectory where it might take a year in the G League or something like that, like Rudy Gobert did, like Clint Capella did, for him to just catch up. And then all of a sudden, like Clint Capella was in the G League one year and then it was starting for the, the Rockets the next year, right? It may yeah. just take that where he just catches up and then all of a sudden he's he's ready to go. 
Yeah, I put Capella. Um, I put Ibaka again. Uh, and then I put a uh, Mavs fans. I, I know we're going to have a distaste for this one, but a younger DeAndre Jordan in, in the sense of mm. his catch radius is going to be big. Yeah. He's, you know, yeah, he's not the, hey, baptizing Brandon Knight type of thing. But man, there are, I was debating on clipping some things and doing like a Kamigate thread today on Twitter. I was so excited about it <laughs> because there are some dunks that he had that were like, whoa, like not even like transition dunks. Like, hey, he catches it like on the floor in the paint and just turns around, just dunks over people. And I'm like, all right, I I would love to see this in Dallas. And it's like he catches it around the three-point line and can do like a couple a couple dribbles and get to the, the rim too, right? Like, it's not just it's not only just catch around the rim and dunk, right? There's there, yeah. there's a couple of things he can do in there, which which yeah, like extends his limits, right? For sure. So you asked like why why does Dallas not take Kamigate yeah. in in this range? Because you know, he is a little still raw. I mean, I don't have much answers outside of that if unless you just hey, you don't take Kamigate because you want a wing. If you're wanting a big in this range, then like he's the swing for it. And unless you want somebody like a, a you know, a Jalen Williams that has, you know, that, that is so well-rounded right now that you're like, all right, I could throw him into a series. He could probably play right now. Or you believe in like the outside, this potential of the outside shot of Coloco, maybe a little bit more than Kamigate is my favorite big man prospect in this range. Yeah. The reason why you don't take him is he just like somebody else in that range better. Right. Maybe, yeah. maybe somebody drops. Maybe there's somebody that we don't expect to be there. But um, the Mavs, yeah, the, why the Mavs shouldn't take him. If I'm just going to go straight, straight up on who he is, he's almost, he's almost 22 when the season starts and he's still a prospect. So like he's older and he's not like, uh, he's still a project. He's not like Jalen Brunson coming in where we said, okay, he's going to be ready from day one. He's he's older, but he's going to be a little bit more ready to come in and contribute right away. I'm not sure about Kamigate with that. Rafael Coloco's 22, by the way. Just throw that out. But the, yeah, that, that's, that's that was going to be my other point is that Coloco is kind of the same thing. He's seven foot with a seven five wingspan. And you're like, okay, well, he seems to be a little bit of a project, but he's 22. So it's not like there's another option there. And we've already talked about Walker Kessler. We've already talked about some of these other bigs that'll be available. It's not like there's another option that'll be there at 26 for the Mavs. So there's a bunch of reasons, I guess, why I did not take him. But why you take him is he would be the perfect if it, if it all pans out. Let's say the jumper pans out, his mobility pans out, everything pans out for him. He is the big rim protecting, rim running center that can finish around the basket, that can maybe step out and hit a shot, definitely step out and hit a two point shot, but maybe eventually extend his range to three point range that the Mavs have been looking for. Yeah, and going back to what you said earlier, he would be a part of the the rotation, the bullpen rotation. Like, yeah. You're not drafting. We're hyping him up, but like you're not drafting him saying, "Hey, you're gonna be our starting center playing 30 minutes a night." No. Night one. You're drafting to add to the rotation, possibly get some G League time, and say, "Hey, let's let's do this. Like, let's we we want to commit to a path for you to get you know get better, develop everything with that. It's just his skills and like what he's good at." could fit perfect in Dallas. We're we're going to at some point I'll tweet out, we'll talk a little bit more closer to draft like maybe a top 3 for us or a top 5 for us yeah. individually of like hey, these are some of the guys that we want. He he's going to be on my list as far as like in top if we had to put pick 5 guys in this range that I'm like hey, Burgers I would be happy guys. if if Dallas if Dallas takes one of these guys. Kamagate would be one of those guys. Absolutely. There you go. 
Guys, hope you enjoyed that episode. Thanks for making Lockdown Maps your first listen every single day. Be sure to check out the Lockdown NBA Big Board, Rafael Barlow, who you just heard earlier with Richard Stamen, draft, uh, Maps Draft on Twitter, NBA Drafts, Mock Drafts, Player Rankings, Big Boards, free and available wherever you get your podcast. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Boom!